Welcome to the Worldwide Golf Shops Insider Podcast, Episode 304. Hello, everyone. Tom Brussell here again. Thanks so much for joining us. So glad you joined us. If this is your first time or you're a long timer, it doesn't matter. Just glad that you're with us here today. Our special guest joins us from down in South Florida today. He's world-renowned golf instructor, Martin Hall. Martin, thank you so much for the time. Thanks for joining us today, courtesy of our friends of Cleveland Strixon and Zexio Golf. Well, I'm delighted to uh, join you, Tom, and I'm excited to get going and talk talk about my products that I love. Let's talk about you first, Martin, if you don't mind. I think, you know, Absolutely. we all fell in love with this great game one way or another most of the time when we were young. Tell us about how you came ac- across golf and how the love affair started. Yeah, well, my, my intro into golf was not the usual way, as a matter of fact. I, was, I, I had picked my future as being the best soccer player England had ever seen. And I, I was a good I was a good soccer player. I wasn't, I wasn't that good. I wasn't as good as a 10-year-old dreamed he was. But at about age 12, uh, we moved from the city out into the country. And there was no one to play soccer with, or football as I call it. And so one summer vacation, I knew my mother and father were members of the golf club. So one, for the, one summer vacation, I sort of uh, you know, looked around in the closet, found my mother's golf clubs, went to the local bus stop, got on a bus seven miles and went on to Newcastle Golf Club and just went straight to the first tee because I'd seen my father play and started playing golf. I had no idea you had to check in at the pro shop. I had no idea of any of that. And when I called the bus and went home, and when I got home, my father said, what did you do today, sir, son? I said, I caught the bus and went to play golf. He said, you did what? That was actually how I started, and then he got me some lessons, and I played all my junior golf at Newcastle Golf Club. But that was how I started, yeah. Turned pro in 75. What a great time to be in Great Britain, Europe, and in 75. I was a young young lad from Spain back then that was pretty darn good. Sebi, right? Oh, well, there was, and I can tell you a story about him. I, my first event on the European Tour was the Portuguese Open. And uh, I made the cut, which was good. And I was standing on the range in the third round. And I had no idea who Seve was at that time. Nobody knew he was at that time. And I was hitting some drives. And then from behind me, I heard, bam, bam, bam. What is that? And I turned around and I saw this young man with olive skin and jet black hair and a red slazenger sweater. And of course, it turned out to be Seve. And he was just launching drives down the range of Tintas Lago, the likes of which I had never seen before. And I, I, I mean, my ball did not make that noise. So, I mean, it was incredible. And I called my father. I said, hey, Dad, there's some, some Spaniard called Bal, Balderino or Ballerino, whatever his name is. He looks like he could be pretty good. So I got that one right. It was amazing. It was amazing to see him. And, I actually, after the third round, I went out and watched him play and because um, I knew he was special. And you could just see, he was just 19. It was just before he did so well in the Open Championship at Bergdale. But you could see how special he was, especially around the green. So, you know, when I was playing, any chance I could, I never played with him, but I played in many of the same tournaments. Anytime I could watch him practice his chipping and his pitching and his bunker play, I would just stand in awe at uh, the magic that was in his hands. It was amazing to see. Amazing. 
The two things I remember, you mentioned one, the sound of the ball off the club. You know, that was that was a persimmon-headed driver. That wasn't what we have today. And the second thing I always wonder is, you wonder what Seve could have done with today's equipment. Well, I think all of them would have done, you know, remarkably well. I think, you know, whether it was Seve or whether it was Ian Wooten, who I played with, or Sandy Light, you know, they won the Masters, of course, or, or whether it was even, you know, Arnold Palmer, Jack Nicholas. Uh, they were the longest in their time with the equipment they had. And if they were playing today as 30-year-olds with the equipment they had, I still think they would be on the high, high range of how far they could go because they were strong and athletic and incredibly gifted. Martin, when did you make the change from player to instructor, and how did that come about? Oh, well, yeah. That was the result of a smelly, stinking, rotten left-to-right four-foot putt on the last hole of qualifying school that I still remember. I could still see it. I had, I, I had a little four-footer down the hill, left-to-right, to keep my tour card, and I missed it. It was a pathetic miss, weak on the low side. And so I had no idea what I was going to do the next year. I had nowhere to play, had no money to, to, to you know, just take the year off. And um, I got a job as an assistant pro at Trenton Golf Club um, in North Staffordshire and started teaching. And as I started teaching, this is not an exaggeration, I had no idea what to teach. So every month when Golf Digest or Golf Monthly or Golf Magazine arrived on my doorstep, whatever the cover story was that month, that's what I taught for the next month. So that, that's because I knew nothing. And then I got in and... Um, you know, I, I eventually sort of found a way to meet the great Bob Toskey and the great Jim Flick, two of the best teachers, and John Jacobs, who had been a huge influence on me prior anyway. And it really interested me in teaching. And actually, a couple of years later, I actually, I did play again, and I got my card back. Um, and then one year, I was fully exempt. I had my card, and I decided not to play. I just taught instead. I, I enjoyed the teaching more. I found the teaching easier. I wouldn't say I ever found playing tournament golf difficult, but the teaching didn't. The teaching was not difficult for me to do, and I enjoyed it. And then, and then my life took a completely different turn than I expected to. I ended up in America, and that was a long time ago. And you know, my spell in America has been amazing. All the people I've met, and the you know, the great players I've been around, from Jack to Arnie to Gary Player to. You know, Langer and more recently Tiger and Rory. I filmed with Shane Lowry the other day for Scripps on. Uh, and it has been a great opportunity, this run I've had on the Golf Channel. I've done nearly 350 shows now on the Golf Channel. It's been, a, it's been an amazing run for me to spend all this time with all these great players and pick their brains for little pieces of wisdom that I can pass on to juniors, college players, uh, people trying to play for a living, mini tour pros, corn ferry tour, tour pros, and, and the members of the club at Ibis in West Palm Beach where I work. And it's, it's even after all these years, it still fascinates me, intrigues me. I'm still trying to get better. Well, we all know you from School of Golf, and we've watched. I've watched you teach there, and I've, I've watched you do a little bit of teaching at the PGA Merchandise Show, and your style seems to be make it simple for the player, make it simple and enjoyable. Am I, am I off base there? No, I don't think so. I, I think making it simple is, is I do that by design. I think, I think my job is to understand the complexity that it takes to hit a golf ball, but then to deliver the message in the simplest way I can. And I, I got that from Bob Toskey and um, John Jacobs, that they, they kept it simple. It's, 
There's nothing easy about it. Let's not confuse simple with easy. A simple means I'm not giving you too many thoughts. I'm giving you thoughts that, that could work. Like John Jacobs would say, Martin, golf is just two turns with a swish in the middle. Now, there's actually a lot more, there's a lot more to it than that. But if you're, if you're really uh, suffering from paralysis through analysis, just putting the golf swing through the filter off, you know what, this weekend, I think I will just, I'll turn, I'll swish, I'll turn. It's two turns with a swish in the middle. It's a very simplistic way to look at a very complicated game, but it frees you up to just give a good whirl of the club head into the ball. And I think, I think freedom of swing, lack of doubt, uncomplicated thoughts, simple pictures of the golf swing, those are things that we all need. Filming with Shane Lowry, the current Open champion, on Friday, and it was wonderful to see how he hit the ball. I mean, he could do anything he wanted with the ball, and the ball came off the club like a missile. But his thoughts were very simple, and he didn't want them to be complicated. And, and actually, my producer was saying to him, now, Shane, I'd like to talk about the pronation and the direction of the weight shift on the downswing. And Shane said, get away from me. I don't want to think of those things. Because good players don't. They, you know, they might want to think of finish high or keep the left arm going fast through the hitting area. And, um paralysis through analysis, which is not my phrase, it's been around for a very long time, but, but it really is, I mean, it's a disease or a syndrome or a factor in golf, call it what you will. Paralysis, paralysis through analysis means you're so, you're so thoughtful about what you're doing that you can't have any freedom and you can't have any speed. So, yeah, I, I mean, I absolutely try and keep it simple by design. Yeah, if I had $5 for every time I heard a golfer say, man, I've just got these thousand swing thoughts in my mind right now. I think, you know, I think I could retire early. You don't want a thousand swing thoughts in your mind for crying out loud. No, you don't. But I'll tell you what's interesting, Tom. I'll tell you what is interesting. So I've had the chance to be around Tiger Woods a good number of times. I've had the chance to be around Rory McIlroy a good number of times. I mean, I've been around the greats of the game of the past, and now I've been around the greats of the game of modern time. Both of them said to me they never hit the ball without a swing thought. So I wouldn't want uh, any of the listeners thinking, oh, Martin's saying you shouldn't think of anything when you sing. That's not at all what I would suggest. I would suggest the maximum thoughts you can have is two, one backswing, one for the downswing, and it's best if you just have one. So I think what, what typically I see on my lesson to you at Ibis is people are actually they're really trying to think of four things while they're swinging a golf club. That's not possible. But you can have a swing thought going back, or you can have a, an intent and a swing thought and image for the downswing. You can think, I'm going, to, I'm going to move my club as if I was skipping a rock across a lake just throwing it half side arm, half underarm. I think images are very good. Uh, one thought going back, one thought going through is very good. Thoughts of keeping grip pressure constant or keeping arms relaxed, which I learned from Sam Sneed, those are very good. So I like swing thoughts. I just don't like too many swing thoughts. Martin, you're brought to us today by one of your partners and our partners, Cleveland Srixon Sexio Golf. And Sexio Golf is doing their part to keep it simple as well for those of us that don't have top-notch swing speeds. Uh, share with us a little bit about your relationship with Sexio Golf and what you found working with them. 
Yeah, no, well, I'm really happy to talk about that because I've actually just transitioned into Zexio Clubs. They, they, have, they have a new line out this year, Tom, called Zexio Black, which is for people with club head speed between 90 to 100 miles an hour. Now, at a club level, if you've still got 90 to 100 miles an hour, that's pretty fast for a club level player. And, you know, my club head speed had, I will stress had, fallen below 100 miles an hour. Um, and I couldn't say this because of my love for the game. I would never say this just because. Uh, I, I, they put me in a new Zexio black driver with a, with a stiff but lightweight chef. My club head speed went from 90, 94 to 100. I picked up six miles an hour club head speed and nearly 20 yards in carry which is astonishing at this time in my life. So, look, Zexio, for two decades, they've been working on making clubs that are suitable for players with a lower club head speed. We, we know some of the other companies, Marvelous, and they're great for high-end tour pros who, you know, can move the club at 120 miles an hour. That's just the top of the pyramid. That's not us normal folks. So if anybody's, you know, if you're in the 100 to 90 mile an hour speed or the 90 to 80 mile an hour speed, and I'm going to guess that that's probably 85% of golfers on the planet, then you owe it to yourself to go and have a demo with Zexio because it's really made a, it's made a difference to Martin Hall. And they've actually, I don't know if you knew this or not, but they're actually introducing a line of golf balls that are also speed-specific. Uh, they're building those golf balls to match your club head speed. So Zexio is, is a company that is building clubs for people like me and you. And, and they're very beneficial. They're, they're really stable. Ernie Ells just one using Zexio. I don't exactly know what driver Ernie's using. I'll have to find out. But he just won this last weekend using Zexio. And I know he loves the driver. Uh, and he loves the wedges as well. So he's very happy with it. We're happy that he's winning. But it's, it, it's something that in this day and age where you can go and try equipment and we've got launch monitors and we don't have to guess what the distances are with the improvement of uh, distance. And the other thing I'd tell you, Tom, is when I, when I moved to this lighter driver and lighter set of irons, uh, I absolutely felt I could control it easier and move it faster. And I thought, well, I guess that's what a top player feels like with a top tour pro made golf club and i'm not a top tour pro now i'm too ancient for that but i i like i still like to play and uh, they they have definitely reinvigorated my my feel for playing and uh, you know perhaps even dare i say it perhaps hitting it on a par five into i'll let you know how that goes well, the old adage, your swing speed never is what it was a week ago, that certainly isn't true in your case. Six miles an hour and not doing six anything else differently, right? I, I pro- No, I promise you, six miles an hour. Six miles an hour. So, you know, they've got, they've got the Zexio Black if you're 90 to 100 miles an hour. They've got the Zexio 11 if you're 80 to 90 miles an hour. And they've got the Zexio Prime if you're under 80 miles an hour. And, and really, I think what we would say as a company, if you're swinging over 100 miles an hour, Zexio is not for you. But I don't know, I don't know what the percentage of golfers who swing truly swing over 100 miles an hour is, but it's not very high. The rest of us, we should be looking for Zexio. 
Well, Martin, thanks so much for joining us. It's been great spending time with you. Thanks for carving the time out. Um, just so glad we could catch up with you today. And I'll tell you, it's funny how fate works. We sure are glad you missed that little putt because had you not, we may not have known the Martin Hall that we know today. I actually say that was the best four-foot putt I ever missed. I just didn't know it at the time. Uh, you know, if I hadn't if I hadn't missed that putt, <clears throat> I wouldn't have ended up in America, and I wouldn't have ended up on the Golf Channel. So it was a good. It was a good. If there's a four putt putt that's good to miss, that was it. That was it. Hey, Martin Hall, thanks so much, my friend, and uh, <laughs> let's do it again down the road. I would love to do it again anytime, Tom. Loved it. Martin Hall, world-renowned instructor, keeps it keeps it very simple for his pupils, and Zexio Golf keeping it simple as well. If you have world-class swing speed, then these aren't the clubs for you. But for everybody else, you want to give these a try. They make it a lot easier, and you can pick up a lot of yards and some playability as well. So a special thanks to Martin Hall for joining us and our friends at Cleveland Srixon Sexio Golf for bringing him to us. And to you, our listeners, we'll do it again next time. We have another episode of the Worldwide Golf Shops Insider Podcast here at WorldwideGolfShops.com. So long, everyone.